I don't have friends. I got family. Welcome back, pod people, to a brand new episode of Cinema de More. I'm your host, Justin Morgan. I'm here with Chuck and Lexi. And we're continuing our Fast and Furious countdown to the new one. And we're on number three, the Fast and the Furious colon Tokyo Drift. Yay! I'm very excited about this one. Were you? Yeah, I really am. I thought I heard your excitement fade in your EA. No. <laughs> this is my personal favorite one out of the series. I think five is the best one, but this is my personal favorite. For some reason, it sounded like Universal did not want to continue with Paul Walker because he was too old. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. They thought he was getting too old. They wanted somebody younger. This is before they realized they needed to go back and just fucking deal with the old cast, I guess. I think they dropped the ball a little bit then with their casting, didn't they, for this one? I don't know. I think Luke is black is young. He looks like he's 30. <laughs> he is young, but yeah, his hairline is like, looks like he's old. He looks older than Paul Walker somehow. He doesn't age well. Even though I'm sure he is younger. I mean, he's not a bad looking guy. I'm not knocking him, but I'm like, he doesn't look like a high school student. That's for goddamn sure. I mean, neither does Zachary Ty Bryant, who was a high school student when I was a high school student. So it's just kind of like, okay, then. Actually, he yeah, was you're older talking about the oldest from Home Improvement. Yeah, he was older than me when I was watching Home Improvement. Yeah. And I was like, I think I was the same age as uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. So. Would... You just base your entire life off of the ages of people in Home Improvement? Uh, I'll base my... You're like, now I'm the age of Tim <laughs> Allen when he was starting Home Improvement. Uh, yeah. Actually, I used to base my ages off of The Simpsons, because like, I was eight years old when The Simpsons started, so I was the same age as Lisa, and then I was ten when Bart was ten. You know? and now I've uh, aged past Homer. Now I'm older than Homer Simpson, so interesting that's a shame it is a shame and uh you know it was really also really funny is do you remember the episode not to go off track but do you remember the episode of the simpsons where homer was considered off track to that's be a good like, reference right he was considered to be like monstrously overweight and they like yeah and he wore the yeah, his yeah moo-moo. Moo-moo. and like moo-moo. he was like what like 235 or something like that and i was like god damn like i think he gets up to like 300 pounds and i'm like he got the little bird thing to do the work for him right and i'm like i'm 283 right now so i'm just like uh, thanks. <laughs> I'm also like fatter than Homer Simpson, and they still like presented him as like grotesquely morbidly obese. And I'm just like, mm. <laughs> they yeah. still do that. Like I'd seen Air, and they keep talking about how overweight Matt Damon is. <laughs> He's probably smaller than I am, right? With his fat suit or whatever <laughs> they put on him. And then everybody looks at me and they go, "You're not fat," and I'm like, mm. "Tell that to Homer Simpson." You're not the whale yet. You're fine. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, Tokyo Drift. Yeah, it starts in, I don't know, California or something. 
nondescript probably american location that looks warm <laughs> so yeah we'll go with Cali- california yeah we have introduced to lucas black he's a redneck mechanic kid he's from alabama he doesn't stand up for kids that get bullied what, one thing i want to say about this character sounds exactly like jacob entirely <laughs> you think yeah so it's kind of hard to watch him sometimes because i was like it's like listening to jacob be in a fast and the furious movie i was like okay no problem also um i don't know if you guys are familiar with or old enough to remember there was a tv series called american gothic and it had um him as a kid he was one of the main he was the main character on the show and it had um like this renegade sheriff and his who kills his sister and his sister comes back as a ghost lucas black yeah this was like how he starts his career basically like he was a kid i remember sling blade that's it (laughs) sling blade cut to tokyo drift he was great in sling blade as well like actually i've been following this kid's career for years and he's one of my favorite kid actors like so when he was cast in this movie i was like ridiculously hyped i was like so excited to finally see him come back as like an actor so yeah i was like super on board for this and i had really high hopes that he was going to be like a big part of the series as things were going on but he is now yeah, if that's what we're going to say. Well, he basically replaced Paul Walker as the main character, and I think that is the biggest thing that most people were disappointed in in the series. I don't think this is a bad movie, but, I mean, to wipe out all the characters that you like all together, especially after we just got Tyrese and Ludacris, and they take that away from us. Well, so basically, he gets in trouble by having a street race and then gets sent to Japan you're cutting over a lot of stuff okay uh am i yeah he gets in a street race with this asshole entitled kid and they go to do the street race in a like a new home plan that they're building and it gets real sexist because the girl puts herself up as an object she object (laughs) objectifies herself and says the winner gets me That's how it's not sexist. Yeah, the uh, so they man. race. He tries cheating. His name is Sean, by the Don't way. Don't sweat shame. Tries... She's allowed. <laughs> Sean tries to cheat. He gets really fucked up and busts her house and causes a lot of damage. And then the rich kids get off scot-free and the cops call Sean's mom. And then Sean's mom says, step in the hallway. And she gives the cop a blowjob Sh- or something. Sean's hot mom. Sean's hot mom. Sean's, Sean's mom. Which is once again, and then which is once sends again him to Tokyo, another, where his dad's at for some reason. Hold on, hold on. This is another comparison to Jacob, <laughs> hot mom. <laughs> the woman blew the guy to get him out of jail. I mean, we don't know. And you're comparing her to Jacob's mom. We don't know. <laughs> no, Jacob's. I think we all Jacob's know. episode was the first one with Roland because it sounds like Roland. Oh my God, no! You know Limp Biscuit that you denied. <laughs> I'm still like denying it in my head, but I'm not gonna fight with you about it. You can't deny a Limp Biscuit. <laughs> we didn't put that song there. They're undeniable. Yeah. So, anyways, Sean gets sent to Tokyo because his dad's there in the Navy. It, do- it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah. That his dad would even be there. His dad has game i guess or hookers i'm not really quite sure nobody knows how time zones work (laughs) because sean shows up earlier than he thought he would he somehow has an american muscle car that he's been working on in japan it's just a shell there's no motor it's just a shell he just found it he said he found it on the base there's no like anything for it so he just keeps tinkering with it which makes the scenes when the dad's working on it even funnier because there's really literally nothing to work on on that car because there's no parts on it anything it's just like a rolling shell like it's just wheels and a body like there's nothing on it yeah his dad has rolls the rolls are like you gotta be in by seven you can't be in a car which he fails that so damn fast instantly instantly (laughs) immediately he has to find his way to school which doesn't make any sense it's like you have to catch the train at seven it makes me think of like um a cartoon or something where like this sheet of paper really does not give instructions to where this kid has to go to go to school it's just like get on the train at seven but he finds his way to school with an expectation of him being able to do it all entirely in japanese they were extremely japanese i know it's it's japan but the second language there is english so yeah most people would understand him and not harass him i'm sure i'm sure a teacher for sure wouldn't be harassing him that way that's what i thought too and he gets to school and meets Bow Wow. Yeah, Bow Wow is a, like a panhandler. <laughs> so, yeah, sells, a sells junk. 
Then he shows him his sweet goes, Hulk goes, car. Yeah, because yeah. he had a steering, had a steering wheel, wheel with him. And he's like, what car you got? And he's like, I got the best car. And then he has a like, hulked out Tuareg, Volkswagen Tuareg. <laughs> and you know what? They can't even have the Hulk car come back anymore because Universal doesn't have the Hulk rights now. I think they could. Or wait, maybe they do. They could probably get that they car own, back. They, there's like weird rights with it still. Because like that's how they can still have uh, Hulk in like their theme right. parks. Right. I mean, they do have the like Hulk that. roller coaster, which they I probably wrote. could. Fun fact: the Hulk roller coaster is the same roller coaster from the remake of House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. There's a roller coaster in that movie. Yeah, at the very start, the roller coaster that uh, <laughs> James Woods is selling for his shitty amusement park that like looks like it kills you, but it doesn't. It's the Hulk roller coaster. <laughs> I was so confused. The hills have eyes. No, House on Haunted Hill. Oh, okay. I was thinking the hills have eyes on like they're driving around like Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> what, what roller coasters in that movie? I mean, they could go to. Sorry, I misheard you. There are roller coasters in Nevada. I'm just saying. Well, I don't think you see one in that. That's fair. Yeah, he meets Bow Wow. We get to see some cool things in Tokyo. We get to see all the cool things. You have the cool parking garage that stores your cars very compactly. They go over shoe culture. <laughs> the Jordans. Yeah. I don't know if the Jordans are very Japanese. Jordans are universal. They're a shoe that's all around the world everybody wants. They're like one I of, mean you get the one of the most universal you shoes. You get the joy of all the, the vending machines and you get to see the crosswalk in Shinjuku like five times. Yeah, which is funny because <laughs> none of this movie is actually shot in Japan. <laughs> I kinda had that feeling when they drift through the crowd and everyone gets out of the way. Yeah. Also there were a lot of people there. Like there's not typically that many people there. They shoot some exterior shots there. Like they take the cars there and they shoot some exterior shots and then after that they take the cars basically back to America and shoot the rest of the film there. So And I would like to see like an aerial shot because I don't see where the hell Han and Sean Han and Sean just hurt. now I've said that out loud. I can't Oh my uh, god. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Where they're at where they would overlook that spot I, I don't know right also this movie kind of confused me because i think i watched one two three and then i didn't re-watch them before i get to like four so i was just like oh great this guy's back from the dead because he dies in this one right and i didn't realize that like i was just so confused about like like oh maybe i just forget what happened in tokyo drift and he <laughs> he didn't die but he does die and well he doesn't die <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> after uh, I looked it up, it's after six is where Tokyo Drift takes place. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I looked it up. I'm right yeah, about yeah. this one. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we forget you're always you're always right. I know you're right on this, but I'm just giving you shit. I'm just right this time. So we get introduced to the new style of racing, which is drifting. Drifting. So you can get into if you like, since you are into the the drifting world. So this is the first film to introduce drifting to Americans. It's yeah. So the the real drift king is Hichi Suchia, and uh, he has a cameo in the film when um, Sean is learning how to drift in his Evo on the pier. He's one of the fishing guys. He's the guy in the blue jacket. He's the one that keeps telling him he sucks. He's making fun. That's of his why drifting. he knows so much about drifting. Yeah, fisherman. So he is considered the drift king. He's not necessarily the inventor of drifting. So the story is drifting is kind of like. Think of drifting in the same way that NASCAR is. If, are you familiar with the story of NASCAR at all? NASCAR is an American sport that was... Yeah, I saw Talladega Nights. Yeah. So it was built by um, Run Runners back in the Prohibition. It was an illegal sport created entirely by us, and we hopped up our cars, and then eventually we would go out to dirt tracks and race it, right? And it became like the sport you know today so it all started in the roots of kind of illegal street racing essentially drifting isn't the same thing it's a exclusively japanese sport that started with kids taking their cars and going up in the mountains and sliding them around the corners because japanese roads are very narrow and very tight and they have a lot of like the hairpin corners and stuff and so for fun they would go out there and do this they would modify the cars in weird ways like just like jam like stuff in the suspension to make it not move and shit like that and then eventually like people started modifying properly and finding new ways to create cars that could actually do it properly and then eventually it became a proper sport and then the d1 um drifting league got created and the it was created i believe in the 90s and so d1 became a world sport some americans competed in it but it wasn't really like an american sport it was more like japanese and australia and like a few places in like europe and stuff like that so 
still wasn't really like known to us. And then in 2003, that's when Formula D started in America. And that was right after essentially um, Too Fast. Formula to- Drift. Yeah, so Formula Drift was America's uh, grassroots drifting program that started in America. It was the first American drifting program, but it was so small that it literally had six competitors when it started, which is where you get Tanner Faust, who Tanner Faust is one of the greatest drivers to ever live, and he's done stunt work for billions and billions of films. I don't know if you're familiar with the Hot Wheels stunt stuff and what have you, but like he got all of his start in Formula D. He basically stopped doing it because he won every single championship that he was in because he was basically unstoppable. It wasn't well known. It was starting out here, but... Because Too Fast, Too Furious took, like, the... Why don't you name all the drifting legends? I don't know all the, the drifting legends, but I know a few. Rise Millen, Samuel Hubbinett. I know Reese Millen. Tanner Faust, like you said. Reese Millen. Rich Rutherford, Calvin Wan, well, uh, and Alex Pfeiffer. Von Gittin, you don't know them? Von Gittin on Jr. the Tokyo Drift episode? Von Gittin Jr. is still competing today. He's actually one of the best that are still out there. Reese Millen doesn't compete in Formula D anymore. He does um, mountain climbing competition i uh, i used that's because this movie's 13 years old now yeah they're probably all retired ken gucci was my fucking favorite <laughs> i used to follow formula d i used to follow the gooch he was my fucking favorite i i love ken gucci he used to drive a fucking um what was it it was like a weird australian car it was so fucking strange that he drove it it's a holden basically but like that was my favorite driver um like I used to follow Formula D heavily. Like I was a hardcore follower of it for years, and I just it was hard to watch because they like switched networks. It was on constantly, so to be able to follow it like religiously was like almost impossible. Now there's somewhere online you can find it and follow it, but like you couldn't do that back in the day either. Like there wasn't even somewhere online to follow it. It was really hard to follow. With it being small, that's what became like basically when you think of like what happened with the first two films that brought all that stuff into the mainstream so then drifting became what everybody became familiar with so i got a weird little story when i was in college i became friends with a bunch of tuners and i used to hang out with a bunch of tuners and one night i was asked to go out with a bunch of tuners to help film a documentary for my friend's um, college report or whatever the hell he was doing I was like, okay, I'll go with you. So I was like a camera person and I was out with my car and I followed these fucking tuners. It was a wild night. We were going out to parking lots. They were like breaking into facilities. They would have like people climb up on roofs and have like spotters. Then they would like wet down the whole parking lot by like breaking into stuff and they would drift and they would drift these parking lots and they were small spaces, but they would still have like drift events and they would do their best to like try to keep it low key and not draw like a crowd while still doing this stuff and like when the cops would show up you have to scatter and jump in your car and like run and uh i spent like i was up to like four or five in the morning doing this with these people and like trying to follow them in their cars when the cops would show up and run i was like terrified like i was like i don't want to run from the cops and all this because we were doing this in florida that was in 2003 i think 2004 and all those guys had like jdm imported motors they were all running like s13 motors with like black tops and red tops on them which i don't really even understand that still to this day but that's like a they were running them on like 240 sx's they were all trying to do drift motors and there was like this one guy there that had like a weird car but like they all had the same basic car same basic layout and they were all building drift cars like everybody was building a drift car because the mainstream had taken the honda civics and all the honda civics had become like the mainstream cars the tuning scene had moved into drifting and so the whole underground scene had gone into these drift cars and shit and the drift cars were weird too like mismatched colored wheels and like it was about making the cars kind of ugly and weird and strange looking and like it's not about what the other films kind of presented the scene's a very different kind of thing and like it's a weird scene to hang out in and be a part of and what have you and um a lot of these guys were in just like initial d which i don't know if you're familiar with initial d but it's an anime about drifting and it started in the 90s and a lot of the people in america who are into the sport compact car scene they all got into it because of initial d so initial d is directly responsible for getting pretty much all these kids into the tuning scene that exists in the fast and the furious films all those kids started out with initial d then fast and the furious came out and then they had fast and the furious and initial d so those were like the only two things that tuner kids really had 
for like films to really gravitate to so these were their things this was like fast and the furious and fucking initial d but like fast and the furious wasn't initial d like initial d was pure and honest and it was like what the tuners really wanted so when tokyo drift came along tokyo drift and i can say this from like a personal level too like i didn't like the first movie because i was a fan of initial d and so i wanted that i wanted more of that Tokyo Drift gave me everything that I wanted as a sport compact car fan from the series. It gave me Japan. It gave me the, the cars I wanted to see. It gave me like the locations. It gave me the flavor and the feeling. But like it still gave me a Fast and the Furious movie. It still like did everything that the first film did. But it also gave me everything I was asking for from a Fast and the Furious movie. Like, But with Japan and like the drifting and all that kind of shit and so this movie is like the best in the series for people who are like really into this particular scene because this movie just so beautifully captures like the jdm car scene at its purest and rawest form at like its peak in culture at its peak in like the, J the Japanese car scene, getting to see the Japanese car scene. They do a great job of like showing how the underground Japanese car scene works because like you can't do that shit. You can't have like that shit out in public or the cops will bust you in two seconds flat. So all the Japanese car movies are typically held in like parking garages underground because like you can't have people see you or the cops will show up. And then there's spotters all over the place to make sure like cops don't show up and you can get the fuck out of there if they do that side of it was like pretty legit for the films and what have you and like the other side of it is the really good job of like capturing japanese cinema i felt like the old school like yakuza film feel it's like definitely there you know i like this movie a lot like I, this is like everything that i wanted from like a fast and the furious movie like a hundred percent but also like everything that i want from like a car movie like this is like my perfect car movie a hundred percent like all day every day and i think for a lot of the car scene people even though like it didn't do well in the theaters initially like for fast and the furious fans because fast and the furious fans were a different breed the car scene people were like yes and so that's why this one has like such a car high cult status is because like for car people this was like the bread and butter Han's car, I don't want to, I'm not going to like take over the whole episode, but I just want to say real quick, Han's car, the RX-7 that Han drives, that car is so fucking weird and unique. You'll never see that shit happen in a movie again. That car is an actual show car from the Tokyo Auto Salon. That is um, Veilside's actual Tokyo Auto Salon car that they made. That car is like $160,000 of parts just in that car. The body kit on that car is like so fucking expensive and to this day because of this movie that body kit they still press that body kit because this movie and han's car made that body kit so iconic that Veilside rx7s go for like almost a hundred grand or more if you can get that body kit on them they go for so much money and like doesn't matter the paint job that you have them just that body kit alone blows the value of those cars they're like worth more than supercars and shit because of that body kit and stuff and they couldn't make more of them because of the how rare and unique the body kit was so like the knockoffs they don't even have body kits and most of the stunt cars in the movie don't even have the veil side body kit on them they're just regular cars because like they couldn't replicate how much and how rare this car was for the the knockoffs and stunt cars for the movie so they used like this really rare expensive car as much as they possibly could throughout the course of the film and it's still it's in the top three of the fast and the furious franchises most iconic cars of the entire series hands down fans will go like apeshit for it and this car still exists today there's a fan who owns it they have taken immaculate care of it it's still in pristine condition and i saw photos of it just recently it's like perfect it's amazing that someone has taken such good care of it so kudos to them because the other two got lost they're like completely missing <laughs> I, I looked this up. They faked the Shinjuku crosswalk, but they did shoot this film in various locations in Tokyo. They did shoot the movie there. Because I, I was like, all the backgrounds and everywhere they're at, I'm like, the production design to make it look like Tokyo would be fucking insane because it was so authentic looking. Even where, like, Sean's dad was. Literally every exterior shot where there's somebody out, it's all Tokyo. 
Some of it I was reading was like guerrilla filmmaking. They didn't have permits. They just quickly shot there. The school was a location in Tokyo. It was an old abandoned school. I think it was actually there where they made the sign look like it was that high school. Yeah, I, I know they shot a bunch of stuff there. Like I said, they, they did shoot there. But like from what I understood, the majority of it was shot in like California. Maybe the majority of the shoot was racing the kid from Home Improvement. <laughs> where most of the budget went was paying for him. You know what? I showed this to Lexi. If you look on IMDb, he's like number two. And that girl that I think might be from Final Destination 3 is like the third person. Mm -hmm. And DK and Han are like the 15th and 16th person. I'm the, I don't accurate. I don't know exactly that. But you scroll pretty far to, to reach the fucking main characters in this movie. Did you like her coming and going Australian accent? <laughs> Who's the, the, girl. the girl? They're like, she's from Australia, but it's just like, yeah, sometimes, but only so. Who's the girl? Are you talking the the white girl or are you talking the love interest? The love interest, the, the, the main love interest character. I don't know. I mean, I liked that we got to learn what gaijin is. It's an offensive word, supposedly. Yeah. It means foreigner. This movie lightened that term up quite a lot. It's way more offensive than that. <laughs> I recognize some of the Japanese in this movie, which is nice. Duolingo, it's paying off. It wasn't anything groundbreaking, but there, it was something that didn't have subtitles. And I was like, that old lady politely said good morning to Sean, and he just looked at her. So I have one more car thing. What, what, the, what, what are you going to cut me off? I am going to cut you off. But I, you talked for like 10 minutes. But I thought, but I have a question for you guys. Are you familiar? Okay, as long as it's a question. Are you familiar with the um, rules of, specifically, they're more American rules than I think, but like the rules of cars when it comes to who gets the, the hero cars and who gets the, the bad guy cars? Like, I don't understand the question. So like bad guys drive chargers, right? Like, you know that rule? Are you familiar with that? Uh, how could the bad guys drive a charger? Because he's a bad guy in the one? first movie. He's an anti-hero. Oh, he he's is an anti-hero. No, he is not. He's driven by family. So driven. So typically, like, regardless of what you're saying, the the typical rules when you if you can look this up too, the typical rules in Hollywood are the bad guys drive chargers and heroes drive mustangs. So hero cars I are always the bad mustangs. guys drove like Jaguar or something. They also drive BMWs, Jaguars, BMWs, and and um. And Chargers are bad guy cars. Hero cars are Mustangs. Aston Martins, DeLoreans, those are good. Those are hero cars. Well, Aston Martins are typically like a James Bond car, so yeah. But um, the hero cars are like when you look at Bullet, uh, you know, things like that. The hero cars are always Mustangs. This movie was the first movie to make the hero car a Mustang. And I thought that was really interesting how they went about it because the use of putting the GTR motor in the Mustang was like mind blowing. When I saw that in the theater, them taking a GTR motor and dropping it into a Mustang, my fucking brain snapped. I'm like, you can fucking do that? I think it would be hilarious if the thing was like extremely underpowered. No way. That, are you kidding? Like, I know you're like, like the body was too heavy for it. No. Like it couldn't. Like, I know, like, you're not a car person, but, like, I saw that, and I was like, oh, my God, that's, like, the smartest fucking thing you could ever do, because I'm like, that's a straight six with a twin-turbo setup and a fucking Mustang. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so smart. I'm like, that motor is so much lighter than a V8. I'm like, that car's going to produce so much fucking power with that, and if you can get the all-wheel drive system on that, that thing's going to be fucking sick as shit. I was like, that's the sickest fucking car I've ever seen in my entire life. I was like, that was the best fucking hero car I've ever seen in my entire life. I was so fucking excited. But the thing, too, was, like, it's not just, like, he got, like, so excited about but also like the cut like the idea the idea like the all picture cars that are tied to a main character are hero cars i mean yeah even the villains cars are considered hero cars but but mustangs are typically regarded... i know you're talking like hero good villain bad but yeah. hero in filmmaking is just a known character but like, like it's something like a hero's <laughs> outfit yeah that's fair this was like the first time anybody had ever thought of taking like a Japanese motor and putting it like in a Mustang like this too. Like it's also the first time that anybody's thought about taking Bow Wow and putting him oh in Tokyo. God. He he <laughs> is he, he is a, a good basketball player though, right? I like Bow Wow. I do like Bow Wow. But I have to say, what a downgrade from Ludacris. I mean This whole movie's a series of downgrades. I honestly <laughs> acting wise it is. 
Lucas oh, Black, the Lucas poor Black. man's uh, I think he's Paul Walker. He, he does Lucas feel Black's like the poor piece. man's no. Paul Walker. He literally he's feels great. like he's supposed to be Paul Walker. He ruins no. every scene he's in. He's my favorite. He's such a <laughs> But you know who is good? I thought Han was great. Han is great. You tell me who's guy in DK. <laughs> Let me tell you. Han's the standout in this. Forrest Gump sound an idiot. Han is so good. He's the only good part of this movie. I think I think the only good part of this movie were the Asian actors. The Asian actors it are really excellent. showed that they actually found Asian actors that were good. Everyone that's not an Asian actor is terrible so, in this movie. Something that I thought about with this movie was this is like Sean is to Han. That does sound really stupid when you say it out loud, doesn't it? Uh, what Paul is to Vin Diesel. They're the same thing. I was like, it's, it sucks that they didn't bring Sean into the series sooner because, like, he really is just, like, Alabama Paul Walker. Like, they're the same. It is weird, though, how Han is essentially not a good person. Even when you find out that he is a little crooked, he's still cool. <laughs> right. You, you don't mind that he is. No. He's, like, taking advantage of his friend. Han is great. I mean, I guess if you want to call him a friend, he's they allude that he's a pedophile. Yeah. Uh, haunt, uh, DK. Yeah. D- I like the general idea of shifting to like a tighter environment and bringing something new to it. I, I did like, I do like the drifting. I like the cars. Love the cars. I like the location, but yeah, the biggest mistake, and I don't hate Lucas Black as much as Chuck does, but to fucking rob us of every single character, and yes, we get Vin Diesel at the end, but... For like two seconds. I, yeah, they probably just used footage from the first. That's, yeah, they, they just CGI'd him. It's not him even in, a yeah. terrible it scene. Even actually have to like, go I, there. Like, I always thought, no, when I first saw it, it bothered me so much because I was like, what the fuck is he in Tokyo? Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like... <laughs> Yeah. Why, and why would he be in Tokyo with his American car? I'm like, what the hell? And they're like, this guy's been racing all through Asia. And it's like, what the hell? Although they did say you need the you need that short film like uh, like how right, Brian yeah. ended up in Miami. You need the how Vin ended up in Tokyo. We do get it. It's just through several movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta get to it later. I do like how his introduction is. Some guys here. He says he's family with Han. Family is the keyword <laughs> that you know that it's Vin. Yeah. That's how you know it's going to be him and not. That's how, yeah, that's how you know it's not Paul Walker, at least. If you, if, because I'm sure more people were thinking, like, oh, they brought Paul Walker back since he was in two, but it's like, no, he's family. You're like, oh, it's, it's Vin Diesel for sure. I, I, I enjoy the car stuff in this movie, and this is probably, this is the last movie that was I, a car movie. Every I was going to say, this is just, just an action movie at this point, but the yeah the only thing the only thing that's good in this movie is the car stuff because the story's just it's a mix of the first two movies over again just in tokyo like all the way down to the story beats of southern paul walker gets there and immediately just sees a girl and he's like that's my girl i'm hooking up with her even though everyone's like "Ah, i'm pretty sure she's already got a boyfriend and i don't think that's he's like nope not letting that stop me i'm getting right into this race that i clearly am not qualified for because i saw this girl one time and that's it we're we're together now I was, hey i loved ha- like he there weren't very many movies where somebody fucking car too like, where somebody drifts circles around girls to get their number you know what's really funny <laughs> so the rx7s in the movie including the one that's the show car one they claimed that the car had 600 horsepower but the car couldn't possibly have that kind of horsepower it only had like 400 horsepower so to do that like drift to do all these drifting stunts and stuff the um the regular non-drifting cars or like the regular not show cars they only had like 300 horsepower and they couldn't actually drift so they had to take the tires and they had to literally cut the treads like off of all of the tires on of the cars and then to be able to do that sequence where he drifts around the girl the tires are basically completely like cut down to like fibers to be able to get the cars to be able to even do that scene because there's don't have enough horsepower to even drift around the car so all the like drifting and all this stuff is kind of bullshit in this movie because none of these cars have any capability of doing it the actual drifting that they show in the movie wait you said this is the best movie and then you just tear it down tear it up like this. oh it's a great movie i'm just saying that the cars physically can't do what they're showing them doing yeah and that continues throughout the series yeah it's just funny I mean, it, no, that's a little different with what they're... I mean, they're not trying to fly through the air in this. These are things that they should be able to do, and they're not really actually physically capable of doing, so... Well, they already did that in the last movie. You said Paul Walker can't drive backwards. 
I mean, going 80 miles in reverse is a little different than drifting around a girl in a car. Is it? Yeah. You sh- you should absolutely... If you're a good drifter, you should absolutely be able to drift around. I've seen people drift around people in cars all the time. It's not anything I haven't seen before in reality. I've been in a car that's been drifted around. <laughs> Wait, I thought you said it was impossible. No. Now it's possible? No, it's it's impossible when your car is not powerful enough and you have to cut your towers, tires down to, like, the raw fucking... Cause, never mind. Move on. I had an argument and you like weirdly agreed with it. It was like I, I don't understand what you where you were going with that. You're like it can't do that, and then you were like it can do that. I've seen it. I'm like what are, are you for it or against it? I'm very confused. You just have to have enough horsepower to do it. It had plenty of horsepower. No. It had Japanese motors. Oh my god, that's what the that's the problem. Do you know what do you know what kind of motor an RX-7 has in it? something from japan no it's a, it's a rotary do you know what kind of motor a rotary is you're like no Mm-mm. so instead of a piston motor which the pistons go up and down which is what yeah a ro- combustion motor a, yeah a rotary uses a thing that looks like um like a dorito like it's like it's really does it's like a diamond you're fat he'll know what a dorito is and it spins around inside of it and when it spins it knocks the pit like the um spark plugs and that's how it creates combustion and it's the motor's like a tube it's got two of these little Dorito things that spin around. Now, Chuck doesn't drive, but if he did, I think he would have to get a little tiny Japanese car and would get this thing looking nice. Yeah. And they'll be like, what do you think? They'd put that anime yeah. wrap on oh, it. Oh, yeah. I'd be, the, I'd be that guy. Yeah. I don't know. We'll get you a beat. I don't, I don't know. If, do you think he can handle a rear-wheel drive, or is he an all-wheel drive? Chuck? Yeah. He lives his life a quarter mile at a time. He can drive anything. Oh, puts his mind okay. to it. All right. That's fair. Yeah. He does like the Charger, so probably rear-wheel drive would be more of his own. He might be Drift King now, but he's <laughs> he's Lucas Black. He can learn. So so Miata sounds like. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if rear-wheel drive's great in this uh, climate sometimes. <laughs> it's like a guy I worked with that owned a, owned a Mustang, wrecked it in the winter. I was like, I'm going to buy a new car. What'd you get? He, a Mustang. He so didn't like, okay, wreck it. Well, guess he'll probably just he do the same thing. He didn't wreck it because it was the winner. He wrecked it because it was a Mustang. And because he... I think he, yeah, I think he wrecked it because he was a bad guy. guy driving but... a Mustang. If you ever, if One thing we all know is that people at car shows can't drive their fucking Mustangs to keep on the road. Trust me. Nobody can drive any of their cars except for me. My Buick Encore. Oh, my I'm God. the best Buick Encore <laughs> driver. You going to pimp that? How much? Uh, yeah. You got a turbo. <laughs> Your car is. I know. I know. We we talked about it. You got a turbo on there. I'm putting a new exhaust manifold. Oh in shit! We upgrading. Yeah, it's gonna look like Vin Diesel's Charger. Yeah. I'm gonna basically take the hood <laughs> off the thing, but it's still gonna look like a Buick Encore. We've, uh, Maybe I'll add a big spoiler to the back of it. Suddenly, this get it lowered. We've become a uh, tuning podcast over here. All of a sudden, I'll get the um the anime girls for Chuck. Yeah, that's that's my goal. So you're like making no jokes about this, but that's like exactly what I want to do to my car. You think I'm joking, but I would 100% do this. I would absolutely do this. No question. If modding my car means I can go down 376 faster, done. Go for it. If wrapping it in anime makes me go faster, I'm doing it. You know the you know the theory. (laughs) Every sticker adds adds two horsepower. Where can I hide my nos? There are so many options. Oh, how about that fucking motorcycle, the chopper that had the huge tanks of not- that looked like an accident waiting to happen. It's like the whole in this movie. It didn't even have gas tanks. It's just it just its tanks were just nos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't need gas. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just it just was nos. That's all it ran on. It's just pure nos. I would I wouldn't be afraid, but I think I might be afraid using nos on that chopper. I just like I just imagine it just instantly wrecking that thing, like not being able to control it. Something that was interesting in this movie was the amount of 350Zs in this film because they had just come out with that car around this time. So they just had like a pile of 350Zs in this movie. Like there's like three or four or five of them. Like all the bad guys drive them and shit. Which yeah, that was the best car in my opinion. Which which one did you like? The black one, the orange one, the yellow one. I like DKs. Yeah. He did have a good one. The black one was good. His bad guy car. But did you notice that the graphic job on DK's car was very similar almost entirely to um, Johnny's car from the first film, the S2000, with the, the saw blades? Is that his name? The, 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 the Asian guy. 
The one that oh, Johnny Tran. Johnny yeah, Tran, he yeah. is Johnny. Yeah, okay. I was thinking of Vin, uh, Vin Diesel's crew, and I'm like, who the fuck is Johnny? No, no, Johnny Tran's car. So, yeah. Yeah, Johnny <laughs> Tran, yeah. Because I, I – okay, so here's what I wanted to figure out when I was watching this movie because of that fact. I said, I think that the bad guy in Tokyo Drift has the same graphics on his car as the bad guy in the first movie, and I wanted to know if they were related or not. But I'm almost positive that Johnny Tran is Chinese – and that is he Vietnamese? Uh, Vietnamese? Okay, so yeah, there's like no no connection whatsoever. Are you saying oh, they all look the same? We ain't going down that road. Race wars. I'm cringing because she did race wars. <laughs> You're not making things better race by saying race that. Wars back. <laughs> I didn't say it. Chuck said. I said race wars, but uh, yeah. So yeah, I was wondering about that, like if there was a relation to those characters or not. I but... did love the whistling song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It made everything cooler. They could have just showed the most normal car, but the whistle song made it made the scene much cooler. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> or they could have showed like a broke, like some broken down piece of shit, and just had the whistle song and just had people nodding like hell yeah. Or that that club that they walk through, and they walk through like three different clubs before they finally get to the third club, and then it's like just playing that song. It's like, hey mammy, you sexy. Hey mammy, you sexy. Yeah, that's a great song. <laughs> And it's like, oh, the- oh, and we did have what do you what do you call him? What is the position of the person that tells people to go? That was a man. Is it the last man that, was, that we get in the whole series? The, the fucking yakuza guy with his fingers missing. Yeah, that was so offensive. <laughs> I like how they're like he's yakuza, and then later he's not yakuza. His uncle's yakuza, right? And then they made the yakuza pretty cool, except for that big sumo yakuza guy. He was um. That was comedy. You have to go into this bathhouse and fight the largest guy in the world. Rachel asked a question about that scene because she's like, he went into a bathhouse and that guy had a tattoo. And she's like, why would that guy have a tattoo? And I was like, I think it's a Yakuza bathhouse, but I wasn't totally sure. Uh, If it's not a Yakuza bathhouse, he's definitely Yakuza. Actually, it probably is because they're comfortable with him being there. Right. And a lot of those bathhouses, if you have tattoos, you're not allowed to be in there. Right, exactly. Especially also, that was the most tame bathhouse. It wasn't a bunch of nude old people. It was pretty modestly towel men. I thought you were frozen for a second. No, I'm here. You were just in shock. <laughs> just not move. I think that the scene where the girl talks about drifting is a little bit ridiculous with them drifting down the, the hillside. Like, ah, oh, just so relaxing. The climax is like the same mountainside, but, you know, they're about to fucking murder each other by f- flying off the hill. I almost feel like they should have had one more person. Maybe it wouldn't have made sense story-wise, well, with the story that we have. But, like, I wanted to see somebody, like, die. Not just, you know. I I guess it was kind of cool where DK rolls off the hillside and Sean's, like, almost gets crushed by the car that went off the hillside. I think the final race suffers from that problem that we were having in that that 2006 time period where everything, all the action sequences in films were starting to be shot way too close. You know what I mean? Like we were getting that like those fight scenes that were like way too tight and everything was just like shaky camera, shaky camera. Because that final race, they could have done with a lot more like wide shots. I would have liked to have seen more like outside shots of them drifting. I would have liked to have seen some pulled back shots. I would have liked them seen like the mountain. I would have liked to have seen some fucking racing. I like, mean, it's the one of the heaviest effects shots of the movie too. It's so just so you know, it's just hiding stuff. It's such a messy race at the end of the film because it's like it's so dramatic, but it's also so aggressive and tight. And it's like cut, 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 and there's too many cuts too quickly, so you don't really get to see the action. It just looks like it really looks like two people rolling down the side of a mountain, rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> the pacing is not good. Like, the pacing for the movie is fine for the most part. But the minute that they have to, like, break to modding Sean's dad's car to the race being over, I feel like it's, like, a seven-minute sequence between those two things happening. It happens yeah, it so is. fucking fast as opposed to the, the rest of the movie. It's not I feel it's like not that final well. race... Yeah, I think the montage of building the car, they just didn't have enough footage, so well, it was so short. And they just had, like, a, a major crime scene they just walk into, and they're like, the cops took all the cars, and then they're like, okay, well, this one's still here. And I figured they are going to take the car and go somewhere else to work on it. Like, no, they're just going to work on it in the middle of the crime scene. I'm like, okay, sure. You don't seem to care about the fact that you're working in the middle of the crime scene that's covered in crime tape, but okay. 
Who does in movies? Everyone's always walking through the crime scene tape. Well, I mean, going through it to get your shit and get out of there is one thing. But, like, to stay there all night working loudly while listening to music and hanging out with your friends. I'm like, okay. The cops are done. They're done there. But, yeah, that final chase, too, I think that was another thing where maybe it just came together too fast. They just didn't have enough footage. It just it feels so quick. The name for the Mustang at the end of the film is the Nismo Mustang because Nismo is the tuning house for uh, Nissan. So they call it the Nismo Mustang. It's the slang term for it. Let's get this out of the way. What's yours and Chuck's favorite cars then? Since we should probably do favorite cars in every movie. (laughs) Oh God, in this movie? You didn't think about this going in? I'll let Chuck go first. It's got to be the Hulk. (laughs) The the Hulk is a nice car. It's so confusing when <laughs> I first... exactly the kind of car I would drive. When I first see it with the foot, it's so, like, disorienting. Yeah, like, the back I can't tell so that weird. it's a foot. It, like, <laughs> it's just a big green thing. And, yeah, I, the, yeah, the first time I saw it, I was like, I was like, what's, what's like, is it dented? I'm like, I can't figure out what's supposed to be sticking out of the back. And then, yeah, once it, like, backs out and you're like, oh, okay, it's the whole thing. It even has hair. Thing. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Man, I don't know. What's your favorite, Justin? I'm going with DK's car. It was just it's sleek. 350. Black. Yeah. It's well modified. I like when things are more colorful, so that tends to... I mean, it's good. It's just not... I don't know. I'm struggling with this. There's a hell of a lot of driving in this movie where I, I don't know. I mean... In Tokyo, there's not, there wasn't much driving going on at all in that place. I'm always a big fan of, like, uh, Evos. So like Public transportation. Oh, okay. I'm just a big Evo fan in general, <laughs> but um, I don't think it was my favorite Evo. Like, I just thought the graphics on it were ugly. And I like you remind me of like house hunters where they go in and they're like, mm, I can't deal with this purple wallpaper. I, I, I you can change it. You can change <laughs> it. I mean, Hans Hans RX7 is stunning. It's probably one of the best looking cars I've ever seen in my entire life. And you know what's funny about that car is I didn't even know it, but I had that car on my wall in a different color for years, like uh, cut from a magazine. I just had like had a picture of it on my wall. I didn't realize it was the same car. Because they painted it a different color for this movie. They made them repaint it for the movie Universal. Told them they wanted it orange. So they made them repaint the car for the movie. And I was like, oh, that's fucking Han's car. It's been on my wall for fucking years. And I had no idea. But um, even though I love Han's car, I think the Nismo Mustang, just there's something about it that's just so amazing. <laughs> it just. But was it colorful enough for you? No, Han's car. I gotta have to go with Han's car. I have to go Hans. Hans car and the Nismo Mustang are my two favorites. I just, I've never seen anything like that. Like, Which Hans car, the Hans car that he gave Sean oh, or Hans no. car that he drove? That, the one that he drove around the girls? No, yeah, the one, the, the RX-7, the, the, orange, the, the orange and black car, the one that he dies in. Allegedly. Okay, I know, I know what we know is coming and what have you. That motherfucker's dead. I saw that accident in this movie. There is nobody surviving that. And I know what they're trying to tell us in the later movies. He drops into like a sewer drain or something. Bullshit. Bullshit. That accident. I saw that accident. That motherfucker's dead. Nobody's getting out of that. That fucker got. You act like you like haven't ever heard of magicians that try to fool people. He got hit by a car (laughs) and then rode across the whole entire car and then was rolled across the ground. He ain't going no fucking sewer lid. Well, things don't happen the way that we think that they happen. That car is. There's a big famous actor there that we don't. That car is made of fiberglass. It was a show car. Like, no, that guy's dead. They're all dead. I like how he just dumps the Evo. He spins out in the middle of the the, the square and he's like, bye Evo. We'll never see you again. And the funny thing is the next time we see them, Sean and Twink. What a name. I was like, who the fuck named this character? Hmm. The very first thing that he says is like a, like a gay joke about the military. Don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. So is this character gay? Maybe. (laughs) It's just not, don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, I mean, he talks about the models, and he he reminds me of that person that's like, I'm not gay because I'm very clearly, obviously talking about how much I like girls. He does hit on girls in the movie, doesn't he? That's what a closeted gay person would do. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Why do you think the characters from this movie, in a lot of ways, like when you see like where the series goes, like Han was killed but han was brought back from this movie but nobody else from this movie was so they killed the killed character in this movie was risen from the dead 
but all the people who lived in this movie were like fuck you you don't get to come back <laughs> including you lucas black who we kept hinting at that you're probably gonna come back because like this motherfucker gets hinting at coming back like what three times yeah i think he's in like eight and nine yeah like they keep like showing it Think yeah, seven oh, that's nine. what it is. Because it's like they keep showing him like he's gonna come back. I'm like, this kid's gonna come back. I was like so hyped that he's gonna come back. He would have been a good replacement for Paul Walker. Like, I don't care. I think he would have definitely been a good replacement for Paul Walker. I just like whenever they get to like the rocket scene in nine, they're like at the same docks. Like he's never left the docks in what looks like forty years right. by how much he looks like he's aged. Why wouldn't they handle it? like in like this way like when he can't get paul walker back why wouldn't han be like i've got a guy that i trained because like i said before this is han's paul walker like he trained this kid exactly the same way that vin diesel did paul walker's character so this is the same fucking character as paul walker like why wouldn't well it's not a it's not a hundred percent a reboot of the first movie no but i'm saying like he's the same fucking like type of thing like there's no reason he's not a cop no he doesn't no he's not a cop he's a younger character than paul walker but i mean he's the same thing in regards to that han and vin diesel are the same basically the same person like the same kind of character like no that's why they like each other and hang out with each other because they're basically the same fucking i like overall that this is a very standalone film that it works by itself like it establishes its its villain it establishes the stakes it introduces something new but i also i don't mind lucas black but i also think not like i don't mind the actor but i think the character is not helping with the story he's almost like a blank slate like he's just there like he could anybody could be that person he's very plain i mean i know we're gonna get into nine but i really don't think that these characters deserve the way they were treated in nine no, they definitely are like become really stupid for some reason. Like I, th- they're, they're I, they must have gotten a bad accident where their IQs dropped like very low. There's nothing about what hmm. this film presented to me and what they were hinting at with Lucas Black in the other films when they would bring him in and over and over that told me that when we got to nine that this is what I was going to get from any of them. I'm like, really? Like, I can't believe, like, this is the direction that you chose to take them. Because, like, there was a lot of potential with these guys. Like, they didn't have to treat them this way. I'm like, if you want comic relief, we've got fucking Ty- Tyrese and fucking Ludacris already. You've already turned them I into mean, we get to comic. a point where, like, basically Paul Walker and Vin Diesel overtake the series. And, I mean, at this point, it's not their movies. They overtake the series. And eventually, you know, with the death of Paul Walker, Vin Diesel is like the one man show running everything. I mean, we also got this is Justin Lin's first movie. And I think that he's done most movie, most of the movies in this franchise. Yeah, that's true. He became one of the biggest directors that the franchise had. Yeah, he did. And uh, he got the he was known for this action. He got to do like Star Trek. And did he do, what else did he do? That was specifically for Chuck. I don't know. He seems like an IMDb on the mind. Uh, I certainly wouldn't be able to answer that one. He's done lately. I just remember people bitching about his Star Trek movie, which was pretty good. I like the Star Trek movies. He did Beyond, and I thought Beyond was great. Uh, I didn't hate it. I haven't asked this for a while. I thought I'll just ask it. Have any of the Fast and the Furious movies thus far passed the Beckel test? No. That is correct. (laughs) Do they ever? (laughs) I mean, there's some girls speaking Japanese to each other, so maybe they're... That, that's fair we don't know what they're saying to answer your question he's done nothing else other than fast and furious and star trek huh well then i think he's free to do it's, stuff it's now always... because he's no longer involved in the latest he's ones. he's apparently making a one punch Ooh, man oh that movie. might be cool say, that could be good yeah i so think i think he's yeah, a confident enough director to house that for sure they've given it to somebody who i would trust with it i feel because I've liked everything I've seen from them so far. so And they can do well, action well. the fourth well. movie? Okay, no. good. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Okay, I take it back. Sorry. Yeah. He can do bad. So I haven't brought him up personally on this episode, but he is, of course, responsible for all the cars in this movie, Craig Lieberman. And uh, I don't know if he's 100% involved in the fourth film, but this is the point where Craig Lieberman basically starts boycotting the entire series. 
and starts like actively creating like YouTube channels and stuff to boycott the entire Fast and the Furious series. And what a loser! To, to try to get Universal to stop making these movies and to try to get fans to stop them from making these movies and to try to get like the entire like that is now all he does is like actively work against getting these movies stop getting made and as chuck said this is pretty much the what a huge failure like there's been more fast and furious movies than there ever should have been well and and he stepped away because they wanted him to keep consulting for the cars and he was like i'm not doing this anymore these movies are stupid you need to stop and he told them that they need to stop and they're like we're not going to stop and so when he's like you're not going to stop then i'm going to try to stop you and they're like we're universal fuck off so like they went off and made their own movies and he's like okay so he's kind of like butthurt and off in a corner kind of thing at this point so he killed his own legacy essentially but um he is responsible for the most iconic and the most legendary cars of the series and this is the final one of the series that you can look back at and call a car guy film and that is the most respected as a car film in the series so from this point on they stop being car films and they stop i also feel like they kind of get too big they do the next film is i will say it does follow car culture one last time and then there'll be one last car culture discussion real briefly. And then after that, there will be no more car culture. Cause basically then we get into what the, the, the movie viewers really want. Yeah. Yeah. Vin Diesel. Action. Vin, Di- Vin Diesel. Baldman. The Rock. Lots of Baldman. Did you watch John Oliver from this last week? Me personally? No, I did not. Did you, Chuck? The, yeah. the joke about The Rock where they're like, he's the highest paid actor, but he's never acted at all. Despite never acted. <laughs> <in that. laughs> Yeah, despite never acting, he's the highest paid actor. That's so funny. So, Yeah, there's a lot of drama that goes behind the scenes, but I, I think overall the movies have been fun. Are you- I, I, don't, I don't hate this movie, but I understand the, the general public's reason for hating it because the first movie like lost everybody but Paul Walker. And they're like, at least we have Paul Walker. And then we lost everybody fun from that movie. This, they're all gone. This movie's soundtrack also fucking awesome this movie has a great soundtrack we were talking about you you compared to halloween on the last thing that's exactly what this is yeah halloween three that's the third one didn't work not being in the michael myers universe yeah so they, they have to bring it back but but definitely ended with the world all the children in the world dying but what it what is halloween 3 today halloween 3 is a huge cult classic right there, there's like all kinds of a huge fan base for halloween 3 because people have gone back and rewatched it and realized like there's something really great here and there's a lot to love with it so same with tokyo drift tokyo drift has been gone back over and now it's a cult classic people love tokyo drift like it's not hated anymore it's actually a lot of people consider it one of the best in the series but let's talk about this for a second it's a question for you kind of because this weekend you were able to see at the alamo draft house i did tokyo drift in theaters randomly like lined up perfectly for like has that been happening forever or is like it was a one night only thing um, so they're running all the they're running random Fast and the Furious movies at Alamo. They're not yeah. running them in order. They're running them like weirdly out of order. And this just they're running them like AMC runs their marathons. Yeah, I think so. And so this just completely perfectly lined up with our recording schedule. And so I just got really lucky with it. And so this is the second time I got to see Tokyo Drift in the theater. And I have to say, like, I was so fucking excited to see this in the theater again. And, and these people that paid for it probably knew what they were getting into. They're probably oh, fans. So the, how, how was the turnout? That was really what I wanted to get, get into. Theater was slammed, sold out. The theater was completely packed, uh, really, really crowded, and a really diverse crowd. A lot of young, young people. Like, on one side of us was really young people, and the other side were people my age. And people wouldn't shut the fuck up, and I had to, like, actually tell on people for the first time at Alamo. That was really weird for me. So You're a rat. 
yeah well they were right next to me like, like literally right on the seat next to me so i was like i didn't put did you turn to them and say if you keep talking i'm gonna i'm gonna turn you in no nah, i just turned i'm away. gonna talk to the manager no nah, i don't talk to people i've seen this movie before i'm okay to get up and miss a, miss a moment oh hell no i don't ruin this movie for it's my favorite movie i love this movie no i was like super pleased to see it in a theater again with like the sound and everything and it's bright and colorful and it was great it was great to see it again first time i saw it i was like super high and this time i got to see it, it was super high and so it's like yeah this movie's great you should watch it super high <laughs> But, like, seriously, you really should watch it super high. It's totally that kind of movie. Like, it doesn't, like, have, like, a very... Like, it's not hard to follow or anything. Like, seriously, it's that kind of movie. It's what it is. I think Sean's dad could have been better cast. I like Sean's dad. I thought he's fine. Who is he? I know that actor. I can't think of his name, but I know the actor. That's not good for him. Yeah. He's, like, a TV actor. Wow. <laughs> this is, like, his movie role. He gets to be, like, in a, in a movie as a dad. Well, plays, I'm, like, I'm actually kind of excited now because i'm wa- watching these all with steph and i don't think that she's seen past two i tried to get her to watch five but at the time it was like a illegally downloaded version or something and there were no subtitles and which is really bad for the characters that don't speak english ever <laughs> and i'm like trust me they're comic reliefs even though you don't know what they're saying and i don't think she finished it i don't, I don't think she got through it so i i'm pretty excited to rewatch five with her hopefully four doesn't take her out i was gonna say i'm really sad to watch four again <laughs> and we keep catching nine on tv like we keep catching huge chunks of nine so she knows nine to get the space and nine is the only fast and the furious film i've only seen one time so this will be like my second viewing you know nine. that's the reason why chuck doesn't go to the theater anymore because he saw Fast Nine, and he's like, I'm he out. saw Fast Nine in theaters, and it and it ruined the theatrical experience for the guy. Chuck, you have to go see Ten with with Justin. He yeah. might. I don't know. They don't tell me. I said I'm gonna see Guardians Three. Here's the date and time. I'm gonna see Fast Ten. Here's the date and time. I, I'm not gonna know until I'm at the movie if they have gotten tickets and they're gonna be there. Oh, it's, a, it's an experience. I got I got my tickets pre-ordered for the D box. Yeah. You're gonna get what? The for Fast Ten. I got, I got the yeah. The, is that where they spray you with water? Yeah, and the, shit? the 4XD. I got the fucking the moving seats and all the shit. Yeah. We were talking about that theater experience the other day, and you know what movie I'd want to see like that, or like to some degree, Titanic. We were gonna go see Titanic like that. Remember? I want the theater to like slowly fill with water, like, <laughs> so you're like watching the movie, and the water's like up to your ankles and. I saw Battle. You have to sign a waiver in case you accidentally. I saw track. Battle Angel Alita like that, and it was really good, like really good. Me and Chuck saw that movie, and then we did a. Did we do a separate podcast from James, or James just wasn't involved yeah. in it? I can't remember. Separate. But we were like, yeah, we were like, oh, that was a pretty fucking good movie. I saw that, and I saw uh, Ghost in the Shell in a D box. Sorry, Ghost in the Shell's terrible. I saw Guardians two in D box. It didn't use the seats very well. But Fast 8 fucking totally used the D-Box well. That was amazing. After- I don't think we have that around here, do we, Chuck? D-Box are hard so. to find. I saw Bo is Afraid in IMAX. That looks really good. You're both going to... I both want you to see this movie, and I need your critiques. <laughs> it's insane. It starts insane. It gets more insane. Nice. I'm here for it. It's Jude Law, right? No. It's not Jude Law? I'm sorry. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. They, they both look the same. They don't look like each other at all. That's what you think. All white people look the same. Maybe you have a point there. <laughs> well, I think that is a great place to pull the e-brake. It is. To, to start the drift. Although technically, an e-brake pull is a power slide, not a drift. A proper drift... Bowell said do it if you have to. That's why it's not, a, it's not a real drift. That's a power slide. A proper drift is initiated by getting the rear to step out through throttle response. You do not utilize. We're not trying to lose our audience here, right. Lexi. I'm just saying, if you want to drift, you don't grab the e-brake. That's a power slide. Just saying. Can you get the drift that this episode is over? I do. The formula drift. <laughs> I am interested to revisit 4 again. 4 has got like a really great start and just like falls apart after the first 30 minutes. Like literally. Some of the worst CG ever, too. Just the physical too much cg it doesn't even look remotely like anything's happening peace out fam bye family pound of corona i guess there's no corona in this one all right that was our episode thanks for listening
We are Cinema Demore. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with news and information on upcoming episodes. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Alexa, or iHeartRadio. It would be greatly appreciated if you subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We also appreciate feedback, so rate us, review us, and let us know what you think. And above all else, thank you for listening.